Welcome to Corruption of Child Protective Services. I am your host, David Shore. I'd like to welcome another listener from the great country of Germany. Thank you for tuning in. If you listen to my other episodes, you know what this program is all about. Now, I gave you a little sneak of what this episode is going to be all about. It is about the International Criminal Court Against Child Kidnapping. But before I continue, I discovered some things. I discovered something that will get you upset. Hell, it's going to get you pissed off. And you will discover why human rights violations happen in the world. Why the International Criminal Court does everything they can. And you'll find out why many times they tell their prosecutor to step back. But first, the vision of the International Criminal Court against child kidnapping. Their vision is as follows. To stop crimes of parental child kidnapping. ICCACK, the International Criminal Court Against Child Kidnapping, is an organization that bases its authority on long-established principles by international conventions, laws, and treaties, including the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, signed and ratified by more than 196 nations except the USA, the Rome Statute, the Convention for the Protection of Human Rights and Fundamental Freedoms, and the Declaration of Human Rights that has been signed and ratified by many nations across the world. If you're wondering, yes, the United States make sure they do not ratify any of these. And I will get to that a little later on in this episode. Our vision is to recover parental kidnapped children from almost any country in the world. When nobody hears your plea, nor wants to help you, and when other courts let you down. ICCACK is there for you. We complement many existing international judicial systems, exercising our universal jurisdiction when national courts are unwilling or unable to prosecute criminals, or when United Nations Security Council or individual states refer investigation to the court. So what's going on is they're making sure that they hold parents who kidnap their children, but more importantly, CPS accountable. Now, if you take your kids, if your children are being abused by a parent, then yes, take your children, but also notify the authorities. But also, talk to a lawyer, one that you can trust. This, and I will get the email for those that want a lawyer, a international child abduction lawyer. Left behind parents, if you and your children have been mistreated by lawless government officials, i.e., 
CPS, it's time to enforce and restore your human rights. Our tort claim remedies combined with other legal strategies as well as the enforcement of international treaties and conventions are powerful legal tools how you and your children can fight back. We only act in your child's best interest. I don't know. And make this always our highest priority to restore their human rights. Reunite you with your children by enforcing international laws and treaties to hold all bad actors accountable under international tort law. They state if your human rights or the rights of your children have been violated and you would like to file a tort claim for monetary damages, please talk to us to enforce your and your children's human rights and hold the perpetrators accountable. Now, like I said, I'm going to give you that information right now. Now, for the International Criminal Court Against Child Kidnapping, their email is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at childabductioncourt.eu. Again, that's admin, A-D-M-I-N, all lowercase, at childabductioncourt.eu. Now, if you're looking for an international lawyer, Kidnapped Hearts, International Child Abduction Lawyers. Their email address is all lowercase reunited at kidnappedhearts.com. Again, that's reunited at kidnappedhearts.com. You can also go to www.childabductioncourt.eu for the International Criminal Court Against Child Kidnapping and www.kidnappedhearts.com for the Kidnapped Hearts International Child Abduction Lawyers. I'm giving you this information so you can make a legitimate um, decision. Now that International Criminal Court Against Child Kidnapping, it is in the Netherlands, better known as The Hague. H-A-G-U-E. So, just know that you're dealing with the place that we've all heard about. Check it out. I'll guarantee you, you will like what you see. Now, there is the United States Criminal Tribunal Against Child Kidnapping of Utah. Now, if you're wondering where that's at, that is at 10808 South Riverfront Parkway, Suite 300, South Jordan, Utah, 84095. That is in the United States. If you want to call them, their number is 801-899-6998. The email address is Utah at childabductioncourt.org Give them a uh, call or email them or write them a letter. Now, tribunal is much better. Now, they have a founding treaty. I would just go, I'm going to go through this. 
the United States Criminal Tribunal Against Corruption. The founding treaties reads as follows. USCTAC is promoting universal respect and compliance with legislations, international laws, and treaties, as well as United Nations conventions in the field against international business and government corruption, including, but not limited to, 1. The United Nations Convention Against Corruption, 2. United Nations Convention Against Transnational Organized Crime, 3. Protocol to prevent, suppress, and punish trafficking in persons, especially women and children. Supplementing the United Nations Convention Against Transnational Organized Crime. Four, protocol against the smuggling of migrants by land, sea, and air. Supplementing the United Nations Conventions Against Transnational Organized Crime. Five, International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination. Six, Convention Against Torture and Other Cruel, Inhuman, or Degrading Treatment or Punishment, as well as any other relevant international UN Convention on the Protection and Enforcement Against Business or Government Corruption. So, as you can see, this tribunal protects you the average person when we come back I think you should know the other side of the coin and when I say the other side of the coin when I start reading it you're going to understand why I had to get this out now with the election up in the air when I say It won't matter who's in the White House, what party is in the White House. What I'm about ready to read to you will make you understand that since 1999 and even before that, our government has covered for all government personnel, military and otherwise, in our country as well as other countries. In other words, they don't want to be held accountable by an international criminal court, the Hague. Because if they did, how many of our government officials and government agencies like CPS would currently be sitting in the Hague, be on trial at the Hague? We'll be back. We're back. Well, the International Criminal Court and the United States. Well, is the U.S. a member of the ICC? The U.S. is not a state party to the Rome Statute. The U.S. participated in the negotiations that led to the creation of the court. However, in 1998, The U.S. was one of only seven countries, along with China, Iraq, Israel, Libya, Qatar, and Yemen, that voted against the Roman statute. U.S. President Bill Clinton signed the Roman statute in 2000, but did not submit the treaty to the Senate for ratification. In 2002, 
President George W. Bush effectively, quote-unquote, unsigned the treaty, sending a note to the United Nations Secretary General that the U.S. no longer intended to ratify the treaty and that it did not have any applications toward it. However, since then, U.S. relations with the court have been complicated but often positive. (laughs) I'm going to go down to uh, number five, which reads, Why can the ICC investigate and prosecute U.S. personnel? Now, this is from www.hrw.org. Number five reads, there are limited situations in which the ICC, International Criminal Court, has jurisdiction over the nationals of countries such as the U.S. That this includes when a citizen of a non-member country commits commits war crimes, crimes against humanity, and genocide on the territory of an ICC member country. That's why U.S. citizens may be subject to the court's jurisdiction as it investigates alleged grave crimes that took place in Afghanistan, which is a state party, or in Poland, Lithuania, and Romania, which are also state parties. Please continue to listen. I will be going how our people are not held for these I will be telling you about that and you'll see why in a moment. There is nothing unusual in this. U.S. citizens who commit crimes abroad are already subject to the jurisdiction of foreign courts. That is true. This is a basic and well-established principle of international law. Countries that ratify the Rome Statute are simply delegating their authority to prosecute certain grave crimes committed on their territory to an international court. By providing accountability for war crimes, the ICC promotes respect for the laws of war, which protect civilians as well as soldiers. With respect to Afghanistan, The parties to the armed conflict in the country have committed numerous violations of international humanitarian law or the laws of war. The Taliban and other insurgent groups have committed targeted and indiscriminate attacks on civilians that have caused thousands, one moment, thousands of casualties. Afghan security forces and pro-government militias have committed torture, rape, enforced disappearances, and extrajudicial killings. The U.S. military, Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, and other foreign forces have also committed serious abuses, particularly against people in custody. Now, What is the U.S. position now on the ICC? Under President Donald Trump's administration, the U.S. government has said that it will not cooperate with the ICC and has threatened retaliatory steps against ICC staff and member countries should the court investigate U.S. or allied country citizens. Then National Security Advisor John Bolton 
first announced this approach in September 2018. Two weeks later, President Trump addressed the UN General Assembly stating that the United States will provide no support or recognition to the International Criminal Court. As far as, as America is concerned, the ICC has no jurisdiction, no legitimacy, and no authority. Now, what has been the U.S. relationship with the ICC? In the early years of the ICC, the George W. Bush administration led a hostile campaign against the court. For instance, the Bush administration pressured governments around the world to enter into bilateral agreements requiring them not to surrender U.S. nationals to the ICC. But these efforts did little more than erode U.S. credibility on international justice and gradually gave way to a more supportive U.S. posture starting in 2005. The U.S. did not veto a U.N. Security Council request to the ICC prosecutor to investigate crimes in Darfur, Sudan in 2005, and it voted for the U.S. UN Security Council referral of the situation in Libya to the court in 2011. US support was critical in the transfer to the court of ICC suspects Bosco Ntaganda. I don't want to I just want to spell it out cuz I probably will butcher it anyhow if I try to pronounce it a Congolese rebel leader in 2012 and Dom- Dominic Ongwen, a Lord's Resistance Army commander, in 2015. In 2013, the U.S. Congress expanded its, its existing war crimes rewards program to provide rewards to people providing information to facilitate the arrest of foreign individuals wanted by any international court or tribunal, including the ICC. Now, going back, what is the U.S. position now on the ICC? On March 15, 2019, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced that the U.S. would impose visa bans on ICC officials involved in the court's potential investigation of U.S. citizens for alleged crimes in Afghanistan. He indicated the same policy may be used to deter ICC efforts to investigate nationals of allied countries, including Israelis, and stated that the U.S. would be prepared to take further actions, including economic sanctions. Quote, if the ICC does not change its course, unquote. The Trump administration confirmed in early April 2019 that it had revoked ICC prosecutor Fatou Bensouda's visa. Wow. So in other words, one administration says it's okay, but another administration says it's not. But as you can see, uh, you'll continue seeing. Pompeo publicly threatened to stab members of the ICC on March 17th of this year, naming them and stating that he was considering what the United States 
next steps ought to be with respect to these individuals and all those who are putting Americans at risk, unquote. Listen to this next part. Pompeo said he wanted to identify people responsible for the investigation and their family members and implied he could seek actions against them. Sounds like a threat if you ask me. Sounds like the mob. You do as we say or we're going to make a lot of problems for you if you know what I mean. Now, when they say, and their family members, I wonder if they mean they're going to get CPS to take their kids if they don't back off. On May 15th of this year, Pompeo vowed to exact consequences if the ICC continues down its current course, that is, if the court moves forward with the Palestinian investigation. Palestine investigation, sorry. Trump issued a sweeping executive order on June 11th of this year, authorizing asset freezes and family entry bans that could be imposed against certain ICC officials. The administration acted on September 2 to designate Fatou Bensouda, the ICC prosecutor, and Fakiso, P.H. A-K-I-S-O, Mach Ochoko, the head of the Office of the Prosecutor's Jurisdiction, Complementarity and Cooperation Division for Sanctions. The executive order also provides for the same sanctions with regard to those who assist certain court investigations risking a broad chilling effect on cooperation with the ICC. Now, the Heritage Foundation at www.heritage.org, it says the U.S. should not join the International Criminal Court August 18, 2009 by Steve, Stephen Groves and Brett Schaefer. The Coalition for the ICC.org states the United States of America has signed the Rome Statute but has indicated it does not intend to ratify it. The U.S. has partially incorporated Rome Statute offenses into national laws and has an an observer status during the Assembly of State Parties. The press release, United States Issues New Sanctions Threat Against ICC Judges and Prosecutors, that's 10 October 2019, the coalition for the ICC. On October 9, the U.S. Secretary of State, Michael Pompeo, announced that the U.S. would impose visa sanctions on all ICC officials directly responsible for ICC investigations of U.S. personnel or of allied personnel without our allies' consent. The threat by the U.S. government to impose more sanctions against judges and prosecutors working for the International Criminal Court, ICC, sets a dangerous and highly damaging precedent, said the Coalition of the International Criminal Court, CICC, a global network of more than 2,500 civil society organizations in 150 countries. U.S. policy on the International Criminal Court remains unchanged. That's October 9, 2019. That's from www.state.gov. Folks, as you can see, 
nothing has changed. www.fdd.org, September 3rd, 2020, policy brief, U.S. needs a new ICC strategy. So... The State Department announced sanctions yesterday on two senior officials of the International Criminal Court for their role in an unjust and illegitimate investigation of alleged war crimes committed by U.S. personnel. While the sanctions are not likely to weaken the ICC's resolve to pursue the investigation, a more effective U.S. strategy could be built on the existing broad bipartisan sentiment that the investigation is indeed illegitimate and inappropriate. Folks... I mean, when we come back, I went a little long on this, but I wanted you to hear all this. When I come back, we're going to go more into detail and depth in this. But I told you, it'd probably get you upset. And this is probably why human rights violations haven't been investigated or at least allowed to investigate. We'll be back. We're back. Now, as I stated earlier, in June, President Donald Trump signed an executive order authorizing sanctions on ICC employees engaged in investigating U.S. or allied personnel without the consent of the United States or the relevant allied government. The latter provision relates mainly to Israel, the target of a similarly inappropriate investigation, according to this report. The response to Trump's okay, the response to Trump's executive order demonstrated the potential for backlash from sanctions. ICC Chief Judge Chile Ibo Ozuji declared the ICC is undeterred by what he called a grotesque executive order contrary to international law. Meanwhile. 67 ICC member nations issued a joint statement rallying around the court and promising it their full support. Looks like obviously this opens the doors for us as uh, people who have been violated by uh, DC, CPS, DCS, whatever it is. The furor generated overseas and in the United States by the executive order and sanctions have obscured the strong bipartisan support in Washington for the view that the ICC investigations of the United States and Israel are illegitimate and should be halted. For example, Obama administration led officials for ICC and detainee issues have asserted the two investigations are not legitimately within the ICC's legal purview. In May, 262 House members, led by Elaine Luria, Democrat from Virginia, I'm sorry, ma'am, if I can't pronounce your name. And Mike Gallagher, a Republican from Wisconsin, asserted that the ICC does not have legitimate jurisdiction in the two cases and urged the ICC to cease its politically motivated investigations into the United States and Israel. Meanwhile, 69 senators, led by 
Rob Portman, Republican of Ohio, and Ben Cardin, a Democrat from Maryland, asserted the ICC does not have legitimate jurisdiction in the Israel case and opposed that case's dangerous politicization of the court. May I say something to all these politicians who have been against an investigation like this? What do you have to hide? I mean, why am I bringing this up? Because they're not going to allow an investigation into DCS, CPS, whatever title they want to give themselves. But there are, looks like the International Criminal Court and they're allowing the prosecutor to investigate. Looks like obviously they've got politicians like ours running scared. You see... Even under the Obama administration, they were being investigated. Democrats and Republicans are running scared. Well, guess what? This is an election year. The stakes for U.S. and Israeli security are high. The military coalition, representing more than 5.5 million current and former U.S. service members, recently warned the ICC investigation of the United States could lead to the arrest prosecution and detention of American military personnel and veterans in foreign countries. Experts have speculated that the ICC could indict former President George W. Bush and former CIA directors including George Tenet and current Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Ooh, so in other words, if they do indict them, there's no immunity. Remember that, folks. Israel faces a faces similar risks. Its government has reportedly prepared a list of several hundred current and former Israeli officials, including the prime minister, who could be subject to arrest abroad if the ICC moves forward against Israel. So it looks like the International Criminal Court is going to be coming against the United States and Israel, at least government officials. So... Looks like we better get ready. And anyone who's with the Biden administration, Biden people and people with the Trump administration, I hope you're ready and I hope uh, you got your ducks in a row. And CPS, (laughs) you're not immune from this either. They didn't say it, but I bet they got an investigation going for you too. The United States can more effectively attempt to block the ICC's illegitimate investigations by building on bipartisan support at home and leveraging common ground with allies. The United States should emphasize that potential ICC steps forthcoming in 2020 that are hostile to American interests could cause damage to the court's relationship with the United States that would outlast the current administration. In other words, they're being a bunch of damn crybabies. Anyone else believe that? Let's see. In recent years, more than half the ICC's 155 million pound annual budget has come from a handful of close U.S. allies. Japan, Germany, the United Kingdom, France, Italy, Canada, and Spain. 
these allies can remind the ICC of these substantively strong arguments that its investigations of the United States and Israel are contrary to the ICC's own rules and clash with its founding principles. By steering the ICC away from confrontation with the United States, these allies can protect their own overseas military personnel from problematic precedents. By December, the ICC will elect a new chief prosecutor and may take pivotal steps in its investigations of the United States and Israel. A sophisticated, measured, and bipartisan U.S. strategy could help point the ICC in the right direction for the next decade. Well, guess what? We can uh, know that the ICC is investigating. The ICC is not afraid of the United States government. Doesn't matter who's in the White House. They're investigating. And those that said George W. Bush was responsible for 9-11, if they bring charges like that up against him, I wonder if they'll bring charges up against others including the Obama administration and that also includes that also includes Joe Biden but that also includes the current president if he had any connections with anything dealing in Afghanistan and also any and all bombings that were ordered under his administration so, an intimidation, they can include that in their charges. So, let's see what the ICC will do. Because after all, that's why you tuned in. Because also, you want to know what they'll do. Well, I'll just say this. If they're going after the... Uh, Child Protection Services and it sounds like they are they're going to dig deep looks like they've got enough evidence to be able to go after everyone since the inception in 1999 to present obviously they haven't stopped obviously they're not intimidated when we come back I'm going to bring some more information that hopefully will show you that the National Criminal Court will actually be in our favor. This may be the beginning in 2020, but I wouldn't doubt that indictments are coming. Maybe as soon as 2021? Oh, we'll have to see. We'll be back. And we're back. Now I'm going to tell you about universal jurisdiction. What it says is universal jurisdiction may be asserted by a particular nation or by an inter international impartial operational 
in go, such as the ICC, ACK, or the International Criminal Court against child kidnapping, the result is the same. Individuals become answerable for their crimes, which are defined and prosecuted regardless of where the accused live, lives or where the criminal conduct occurred. In practice, universal jurisdiction allows the ICC, ACK, to claim international criminal jurisdiction over an accused person regardless of where the alleged crime was committed, and regardless of the accused nationality, country of residence, or any other relation with the prosecuting attorney, prosecuting entity. Sorry, crimes prosecuted by the ICC, ACK. Under this concept of universal jurisdiction are considered crimes against all too serious to tolerate jurisdictional arbitrage. In other words, ICC-ACK prosecutes crimes that are so grievous as to be universally condemned. The concept of universal jurisdiction, therefore, is not only closely linked to the idea that some international norms are Erga omnis, or owed to the entire world community, but also linked to the concept of just cognizance. That is, that certain international law obligations are non-derogable and binding on all states, regardless of treaty or convention. In other words, they can go after you wherever you're at. United States or otherwise, even though the United States government says, oh, no, you can't. The ICCAC obtains its cases through the applications of those left-behind parents who have suffered deprivations of their rights as guaranteed by the founding treaties or through referral by the United Nations UN Security Council for investigation into the possible violation of the rights secured by the founding treaties. The ICCACK seeks to hold accountable those responsible for these rights deprivations so that justice may be done both for the left behind parents and their children. As an entity organized to provide judicial oversight for existing national judicial systems, the ICCACK may only exercise its jurisdiction as an international tribunal of last resort when certain conditions are met, such as when a member state and or contracting party to one of its founding treaties has violated either the founding treaties or the constitutions and or laws of that member state and or contracting party. Thus, the ICCACK may exercise its jurisdiction over a particular matter in accordance with the provisions of its founding treaties if, and we're going to go over that. I'm sorry, I uh, printed these out and I didn't have them stapled together. A. There is a probable cause to believe that one or more international crimes have been committed and the matter is referred to the prosecutor by any person, non-governmental organization, or group of individuals in accordance with the founding treaties. B. There is probable cause to believe that one 
or more international crimes have been committed and the matter is referred to the prosecutor by the UN Security Council acting under one or more of the founding treaties or C. The prosecutor has initiated an investigation into the possible commission of one or more international crimes under one or more of the founding treaties. So, what that is saying is the prosecutor can, if it's under the treaty, so, I will say this. There's a lot to tell you. For the ICC, ACK, human rights. And I think this needs to be said. Consistent with the protection of fundamental human rights upon which the United States of America was founded over 200 years ago, one of the central goals of the of United States foreign policy is a promotion of respect for human rights as embodied in the UDHR in order to secure peace, deter aggression, promote the rule of law, combat crime and corruption, strengthen democracies, and prevent humanitarian crises. The furtherance of the national interests of the United States are consistent with the founding treaties and operational protocols of the ICC-ACK, which includes efforts that actively seek to hold governments accountable to their obligations under universal human rights norms and international human rights treaties, conventions, and other instruments. Promote greater respect for human rights, including freedom from torture, freedom of expression and of the press, women's rights, children's rights, and the protection of minorities. Promote the rule of law, seek accountability, and change cultures of impunity, and coordinate human rights activities with important allies, including the United States, the EU, and regional organizations. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? While prevailing interpretation of the Constitution of the United States of America by its courts makes a distinction between self-executing and non-self-executing treaties and international obligations. The principle of Pacta Sunt Servanda in the arena of international law provides that the country may not invoke provisions of its domestic laws or constitution as justification for its failure to comply with its international law obligations. Thus, to the international legal community, if a human rights treaty has been ratified by the United States of America but is not considered self-executing or has not been implemented domestically by legislation passed by the United States Congress, such a treaty would nonetheless be binding on the United States of America as a matter of international law. So in other words, it doesn't matter if we ratified any of these laws or treaties. 
or statutes. We're still held accountable. For our work in the USA, we have formed a strategic partnership with Kidnapped Hearts International Child Abduction Lawyers. So, what is that all saying? Well, what it's saying in a nutshell is CPS now can't hide. When I found this out, this is explosive ammunition. Now, what you do with it, that's entirely up to you. We are now subjected under international law, even though our government, since Bill Clinton to now, over 20 years, and even before that, remember the Nuremberg trials? We exercise it then, but we don't want to be held accountable now. No wonder CPS, Child Protection Services, is saying, oh, we're not, we can do whatever we want. Well, guess what? According to these, looks like we got a whole new ball game, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I will leave a description in the description box. I will leave those email addresses. Please contact them, email them, see what you application you have to fill out. I'm going to do the same. Let's see if we can get CPS on the ropes. Let's have an investigation, not just on the United States, not just on Israel, but around the world. Let's have this investigation go world global. Let indictments come down. And hey, if the International Criminal Court, the Hague, wants to, their prosecutor wants to start in the United States, I would say start in the great state of Indiana. You know, after all, Governor Holcomb just got reelected. Why don't you uh, investigate him, investigate Terry Stickton, and why don't you investigate what's been going on with uh, the Department of Child Services since 2017 I mean after all there's human rights violations right there they continue to illegally terminate parental rights but if you dig deep enough and long enough I bet these people will find a lot more to end this there is a place and my South Bend listeners will probably know this Rabbi Shulman Apartments the people have 30 days in which to move out. They are closing that apartment building so they can repair it. What I saw, I could not believe the conditions. And now people, especially people that have families in that building, have until December the 6th in order to get out. But if uh, housing authority does the right thing they'll find them suitable housing instead of just throwing them out on the streets but then again Department of Child Services is probably salivating on this saying hey more kids we can get and no place for parents to actually if they have family I hope they do so DCS cannot take these kids
didn't have, so they can't split up the family. To those families, I say, my prayers are with you. I will fight every step of the way. Until next time, continue to fight, email these people, and don't give up. The fight is not over yet. This is a battle. This is a war. We will win. Child Protection Services, Child Protective Services, Department of Child Services, whatever they want to be called, is being put out of business. Let's help them hang the out of business sign. This is David Shore for Corruption of Child Protective Services. Have a good evening.